Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Well, congratulations. You survived Thanksgiving with family. Um, you know, as, as we were sitting talking about chaos of the holidays, and I really got reflecting back over the years. You know, sometimes it's, it's a matter of surviving. Uh, I know families that don't meet because no one can get along. Um, for different reasons, not saying right, wrong, or indifferent, or how they get there, because I don't know all the ins and outs. What I do know is how I felt over the last, you know, 20 years. Um, uh, you know, our family's pretty close. I mean, in the sense of we're always together for holidays. Um, yes, we have our drama, and we have our situations, and we have our problems, but um, we, we tend to work through it. And I guess that's kind of, you know, what do you do? If you feel like that you can't deal with them, for lack of a better word. Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of, it's one of those things for me um, that is, um, it really resolves back to what does forgiveness look like? And everybody will say, well, it's not mine, to, not my issue, it's theirs. Okay, well, you got to play your part in it. You help create the problem. You got to help resolve it. Um, and somebody has to be the bigger person. We can't be pet, petty children all of our life. We have to acknowledge, deal with, and move forward. So I don't know where this is going. I'll be honest with you because I really don't have a clue this morning. I just, that was one thing that kind of hit me. So, yeah, we're trusting um, that God is going to speak through us today because neither one of us really have a direction. Um, on where we're going to take this podcast this morning. But as David was bringing up Thanksgiving, you know, I thought um, sometimes, well, I did, and I'm assuming there's others out there as well that get caught up in the tradition of the holidays. You know, every Thanksgiving we do this, this, this. Every Christmas we do this, this, this. And I recognize this year my mom went to see my sister in Arizona um, her birthday is the 22nd of November, and so she always goes there for her birthday, and then she's always home for Thanksgiving, and she's threatened a couple of times that she would just stay there for Thanksgiving, and our daughter Haley and I always kind of throw a little fit because we've done Thanksgiving the same way at her house for the last 40, 50 years. Um, I can only remember one Thanksgiving that we weren't together at my mom's. Um, because my uncle had passed away, and our immediate family, David and I and the kids, went back um, to where he lives and spent Thanksgiving um, just there traveling, um, seeing some sights and different things. But when she called me and she or texted me one and said, well, the airlines may be going on strike, and so I don't know that I'll get back. I may be stuck here for Thanksgiving. And I just kind of went into panic mode, not in the sense of you know, she's not going to make it back. But I thought, we always have Thanksgiving at your house. And if you don't get make it back, then I'm going to be really upset. And um, just realizing that there's things that can happen and that do happen, especially in this crazy world that we're living in right now, where uh, airlines potentially could go on strike or flights can be um, canceled or whatever that just because our Thanksgiving might have looked differently, um, how would I have handled that? And I can honestly tell you, 
probably not very well. Um, but she did make it back. Um, it, the airlines didn't go on strike. And we had Thanksgiving as pretty much normal as we normally do. But it just got me thinking, what if, you know, what we're accustomed to, what we're used to, if that changes, how is our, what is our reaction to that? Do we handle it um, the way that Christ would handle it? Or do we put our selfishness first, which in that particular case, you know, that was my main go-to was, well, it's not going to be like it normally is. And it's going to look different. And, um, and all of that is okay. You know, if she wouldn't have made it back, Thanksgiving still would have came and gone and we still would have ate plenty of food. Um, but it just got me thinking, you know, sometimes we, like David said a little bit earlier, we throw our little fits, um, because we want things our way instead of just, um, going with God's plan. I truly believe that God has a plan for everything. And if it wasn't, if part of his plan was not to get my mom home for Thanksgiving, then I would need to react to that in a way and just trust that he has a plan and, and just kind of move forward. Well, and I think that brings up the point though, of, um, who won't be at the holiday next year? And some of you, I can tell, are saying, oh, thank God they're not going to be there if something would happen to them. Well, I, I mean, it, at the end of the day, I felt those feelings. I've had them thoughts. But at the end of the day, how do you make it through? Because, I mean, at the Susan's mom's going to pass away. It's not if, it's when. We're all terminal. We will all die. Um, and who's going to maybe die between now and then with the, with the rush of COVID and everything, it, it kind of speeds up in my mind. How do you deal with a bad situation? Sometimes I just got to grin and bear it and get through it. I'm just looking to survive it. Um, sometimes it's, I got to figure out how to forgive them. Because you, like I've said in previous ones, me not forgiving them is me drinking poison, expecting them to die. It only hurts me because odds are they don't either. They don't know, don't care, or it doesn't matter. So, I mean, I think it's one of those things that, um, you really got to evaluate you, but I, uh, it comes back to, do you want to live in peace? And I, and I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this is, you know, a lot of the things we get wound up and it, this steals our joy that really at the end of the day, maybe a conversation, maybe a bad conversation, but it's still just a conversation. Um, and I think sometimes that we get rooted in our mind that things are going to go horribly bad. Um, and we, we kind of do a self prophecy for lack of a better word. Um, okay, here's how the conversations go. I'm going to say this. They're going to say this. I'm going to say this. Then we're both going to end up mad. And so in turn, since I know this is going to happen, I'm going to go in mad. So I'm ready. Um, so, I mean, sometimes we self-create this stuff. I know with me and Susan in our marriage, it's, it's happened before, um, with that self prophecy of here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going. And, Honestly, about 90% of the time, it never turns out that way. That's true. You know, and I'm sitting here thinking, 
We are ultimately responsible for how we react to things. And I know for me, um, I feed a lot off of how David reacts to things. So um, when in reality, I still get, have a choice of how, if something upsets him or makes him mad or he goes down the rabbit trail of, well, can you believe they did this and can you believe they said that and da-da-da, well, I have a choice right then and there to decide how am I going to handle that. Obviously, nine times out of ten, I'm always going to pick a side, for lack of a better word, and side with David. But how does how his reaction affect how I react is huge. Um, he doesn't always handle things correctly, in my opinion. Dude, what? I don't always <laughs> handle things correctly, I'm sure, in Amen. his opinion. But I feed off of him. I don't think he feeds off of me as much just because I'm a people pleaser. And so how he reacts to something, I generally am swayed um, to, to, that, this, to act the same as him or to feel the same as him when I have a choice to make. You know, I have a choice. Do I just listen and live in peace or do I get caught up in whatever it is that's going on with him? And I think there's a, a fine line. I want to be respectful of him. I want to um, hear him out. I also want to support him, but I still have a choice whether to live in peace or get caught up in the drama, again, lack of a better word, that may be going on in his head. Um, we all have to choose to either live in peace or live in discord. Um, and, I, and I think that brought up a good point is, you know, ultimately our goal should be to just live at peace. So how do you do that and still resolve issues that need to be resolved? Well, and I think there's, you know, I say this a lot when dealing with people in conflict. Um, you know, truth is not good or bad. You have to remember there's three versions of truth. Yours, theirs, and the actual truth. That's the reason why praying about it and trying to seek God is, is number one, the only way you're going to get there because you have your version, which you swears the truth, and most cases it's not. Um, but then when you, when you start getting into that conversation, Truth is not good or bad. The only time it becomes emotional is when you reach back in a conversation that you had X amount of years ago that's very similar. You bring that emotion into this conversation. And, uh, you know, I think we're all guilty as people of doing that. Um, but really, at the end of the day, you know, peace only comes from God. Yeah. Peace and joy. And... If you don't have a relationship with him, that's something you need to look into. Because the thing is, without it, it's impossible. And, you know, that's the thing is, it it really comes down to who are you, really more than it is who are they. Um, you know, why one of the things that that I I've got better at in the last five years of doing when I'm aggravated or probably frustrated more than anything. When I'm mad, I'm mad. So that doesn't really, I don't think real well. But when I'm frustrated, it's like, God, what are you trying to show me through this? 
that's kind of, you know, that's the only thing I've found that really kind of helps me get direction is what are you trying to show me through this? Because again, I can only change me. I can't change Susan. I can't change my family. I can't change. And in most cases, you're even if you win the conversation, when everybody leaves, it's, somebody's going to go, that was complete crap. But it's easier to agree than it was to disagree. Well, and I think there's a lot of, we, we go into conversations or we go into situations with a lot of assumptions of how are they going to handle this or you know, whatever the case may be. Something that God's kind of laid on my heart over the last couple of months was, you know, I'm very much, um, David and I work together a lot, all the time. We, we live together. We're together a lot. He, he kind of has his ministry stuff, um, and I kind of have mine. But outside of that, we're pretty much together all the time. So I feed, again, a lot off of, his temperament, his attitude, his whatever. And, you know, God's kind of been working on me, asking me, are you trying to please him or are you trying to please me? Because a lot of times it's different. You know, what I think God wants and what I think David wants sometimes are different. And I feel like a lot of times I will just um, mold, for lack of a better word, to whatever David says or does or goes my attitude um if david's in a bad mood i usually depending if it doesn't affect me at all then i can stay in a good mood and i can stay positive and at peace but if he's not then i have a harder time because i mold to his reactions and i think a lot of us do that is we we change to fit the situation or the um, attitude or whatever that is in front of us instead of, you know, okay, what would God say about this? Or stopping and praying about it and trying to, you know, get a nudge from God. A lot of times it's just, well, let's go do this or let's go do that. And when <coughs> if I don't want to go do it or I do it anyway because I want to make him happy and please him, Instead of, you know, having a voice and saying, eh, I don't really want to do this or this isn't, um, I don't, you know, necessarily want to go with this idea of whatever, um, I'm kind of chasing a rabbit here, but I just, a lot of times, like I said, God is asking me, are you trying to please me or are you trying to please him? And as a wife, I'm trying to please him, but ultimately God has to be first, Okay, now I'm going to chuck her under the bus. <laughs> um, what have I been telling you for the last X amount of years? And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not saying that I'm that you've influenced me one way or the no, other. It's just... What, it's stand on your own. Right. Be who you're going to be. Because the thing is, some of that, um, granted, it resolves conflict faster when you mold to me. But then again, if we're in partners together, and this is, this is one thing that, you know, people don't really understand. If, if you're married and become one, then really it's you, you're the one making the decision, not me. I may suggest it, but you're not disagreeing. You're not saying, hey, let's look at this other side. Hey, no, I don't want to go do this. You were... And, and my thing I've been telling her, I don't know, and this is 
probably a bad Christian thing. If you don't watch it, don't start now. But Tomb, uh, Yellowstone, we've been watching, and and that and and Beth doesn't handle things correctly. But like I told Susan, I, I'm okay with you standing up and saying no. I don't want to do that. Will it create some conflict? Absolutely, it will. But is it bad? No, it is not bad. In my mind. Well, but the thing of it is, is I am one that just does not like conflict. So it's easier for me just to go with it instead of create that conflict. And I'm not saying that's right, but it's just the way that I am. And then I think, you know, so then you throw the word submissive in there that is biblical. But I think David said said it correctly. We are partners. Um, And yes, he is the head of our household. And yes... um, Ultimately, he has the final say, but we're partners. You know, he um, he does and says what he wants, and I do and say what I want. But ultimately, um, you know, we have to come at an agreement together. And instead of being a doormat, like so many people have change that submissive word into a doormat. Well, that's not what that means. You know, um, the woman was made out of Adam's side, which indicates that she was created to stand beside him and to help him, not to be above him, not to be beneath him, um, but to work together side by side. And so, but sometimes that's hard for me just because um, again, I don't like conflict and I'm a very much a people pleaser and, and I think God's trying to shape me and mold me into getting past some of that. Um, but it's just hard because when you've done something for so long, it's, it's hard to change that. And I have to learn to be okay that if David's mad at me, he's just mad at me and he'll get over it. Well, and I think this brings up a conversation that goes... Um, really has gone along forever and we're involved in it as well in another situation. Um, New King James, wives, submit to your own own husband. I don't have my readers. Let me borrow yours. <laughs> See if I can use her glasses. Um, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, also the head of the church. He is the Savior and body. Therefore, just like the church... Sorry, I forgot to turn my ringer off today. Um, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so is a wife to be to their own husband in everything. And I can tell you that that, that is a struggle point for a huge amount of people. Um, now I'm going to read the husband's part. Husbands love your wife, just like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might, uh, sanctify and cleanse her with washing of water by the words. Okay. For me, that's clear as mud. Um, I'm a big fan of the message, um, because it kind of changes that conversation Um, gives you a different perspective. Okay, I'm going to read the same scripture in the message. 
Wives, understand and support your husbands in a way that shows your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife in the way Christ does to the church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to the Christ, he exercises such leader, wife should also submit. Now, here's the here's the interesting conversation in that. When you start looking at um, you know, Christ died for the church. So so my question is when you start looking at that, your husband's a servant leader, not not a domineering, not driving it's my way or the highway but there there will be times that he'll have to lead and i agree with that but it's out of doing it by cherishing not demanding you don't lead by demanding the next one husbands go all out in your love for your wife exactly as christ did to the church a love marked with giving, not getting. Christ's love makes a church whole. His words invoke her beauty. Mm. You know what? A lot of that conversation in the past, when I, because I, I grew up in church, is wives submit to your husband. Basically, do everything they say. If if you really start breaking that down, um, is is the husband treating the wife the way Christ treated the church? He didn't ask nothing of the church. He gave. He loved them unconditionally. He was cherishing them for their good long term. That's the reason why I think sometimes that submit that one liner, I hate one liners out of the Bible just because it you you draw it completely out of context um, and you use it for your own good. Um, usually when I'm talking to guys, my next question is, well, she's she's not doing what I tell her. Well, are you treating her the way Christ treat the, treated the church? Usually well, that's not true. Well, and I think also it does not say wives do this only if your husband is doing this or husbands do this only if your wife is doing that it specifically says you know husbands love your wife wives respect your husbands um and and it's not based off of how they treat you sometimes i treat david the way that he's treating me and it's not always good we feed off of each other sometimes of the fact of you know if he is in a bad mood or he's treating me like a servant or he's doing whatever um a lot of times i won't treat him the way that god tells me to treat him because well he's not doing it for me so why should i do it for him kind of mentality but that's not what the bible says the bible says just do this Right. Well, and I think one one version, and I didn't really study up on this because I didn't know we were going there. One said, "Wives respect your husband." And 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 the thing is, it guys are looking for respect. Yes, we're all idiots. Yes, we all know it in the back of our head, or most of us do, not all of us. 
Um, but the thing is, it's really a question of, are you doing your part? Mm. And, and if you're not doing your part, then why would the other one do their part? And I know you should do it regardless. I understand that completely as humans, that is almost impossible. Not completely because God can do it, but, Mm -hmm. um, it gets to be one of those things to where you really start struggling through conversations. Um, and what I found with Susan is the more I treat her like crap, the more she treats me like crap. That's just true. I mean, I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's just true. <laughs> well, and you know, and that's the reason why, but the conversations never had. That's the problem I have with all of it is, you know, um, I am a true believer in conflict creates change. Um, you know, I, sometimes I need to hear, why are you being such an ass? You're pissing me off. Okay. The thing is, I would rather hear that because, yes, I'm going to be mad about it, and then I'm going to realize how true it is. It's going to make me question who I am and what I'm doing. And and But that's a hard, that's a confrontation. That's a, nobody likes that, nobody. But for me personally, sometimes I need to hear, why are you doing this? Because sometimes I really just truly don't know I'm doing it. My head is elsewhere. I'm running and I'm not paying attention to the trees I'm mowing over. That's the truth. Sometimes I do it intentionally and I know it because I'm just mad. I understand that as well. But I think that's where, you know, if husbands cherish their wife more, led by not domineering, by cherishing, giving, not getting, marriage would be less of a problem. Well, and I think that um, I had a train of thought, and then it just left me. But um, welcome to fifty. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think you've got to reflect on who you are in the conversation, and you know, um, I, I think we remove Christ from the whole conversation. And and I've heard from guys, trust me. The only verse they can remember is wives submit to your husbands, period. And it, it's such a flawed view, um, and it really creates problems. Well, and I think it all comes back around to your relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, marriage, I would say 98% of marriages um, are in conflict because they don't have Jesus in the center of it. Now, that's not to say those who put Jesus in the center of it don't have conflict, because I feel like um, David and I both, our relationship with Christ is pretty solid most of the time. Um, We're always trying to seek his direction. We're always, I'm always trying to be in his word to figure out what he wants me to do and how he wants me to act. Um, If you aren't doing that, then your marriage is going to be in conflict. It's just true. Um, God is intended to be the head of a marriage, and then the couple is um, underneath it. And then, you know, ideally your, your spouse would be second under God. But I just think, you know, 
it, it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, if you have Christ in your marriage, if you have a relationship with him, if you do all these things, spend time with him. You know, unfortunately, we don't live in a um, everything's grand, peaceful. We can have our perfect quiet time without any interruptions and draw closer to him. But literally the minute that we shut the Bible and have to go into our day, there's things that come at us that are constantly trying to, one, drive a wedge between you and your spouse, and two, that are just circumstances that we have to deal with. We can't always live in a, um, you know... Utopia. You, yeah, utopia. Candy land, everything's wonderful and great. Um, we have people that we have to deal with. We have family we have to deal with. We have sicknesses. We have devastations, all a bunch of things that cause stress and anxiety that want to pull us away from having that time with God and remembering what his word says or remembering what he wants us to do because everything else is just coming at us. I've said before that, you know, it's a lot easier to live in the world because the world is right here and it's tangible. You can touch it. You can feel it. Things come at you. And Jesus is a still, small, still, quiet voice. Um, and so we have to intentionally try to hear him and follow him and see him. But there is a reason for that. Right. And I think sometimes what you're really mad about, um, whether it be in marriage, whether it be family, whether it be whatever the situation, um, it's stuff you haven't dealt with. Not saying they're right. Not saying they're handling things right. That is not my point here. My point is you got to figure out who you are. The only person that will make you happy is you. Mm -hmm. The only one that can bring you peace is God and you. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out who you are. And I, I think that, you know, we've talked about this before, and I think it's a relevant conversation of who are you? And, uh, I, and I think that that's actually, if you'd work more on you instead of working on everybody else, the relationships would change. Well, and I think it's also on a, on a closing note that maybe we can pick up next week if we remember is who are you versus who are you supposed to be in Christ? Yeah. Because for me, a lot of times they're totally different people. Yeah, no, that's valid. Write that down. We're 50. We'll never remember it next <laughs> week. <laughs> Guys, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough time of the year. And uh, for marriages, for families, for just so many things. And uh, so I just really want to encourage you today that the two this season will pass. But I encourage you to start figuring out who you are. Um, because that's the only way you can change you is if you know who you are. And what I realized was who I thought I was and who I really was, was two completely different people. Well, and I would just like to end, sorry if I interrupted you, you paused long enough for me to jump in here. Um, instead of, and I, I'm speaking this to myself too, let us not forget the real reason that we celebrate Christmas you don't have to go blow all of your money. People are still going to love you if you don't buy them a gift. Um, if they don't, 
then you maybe ought to reconsider who you're buying the gift for. Um, just focus, try to focus, on, do things that can remind you of why we even celebrate Christmas. It's got so commercialized and so out of hand and causes so much stress and anxiety that we kind of forget the real reason for celebrating. Um, yeah, no, I think that's great. Hey, you guys have a great week. We appreciate everybody listening, and we appreciate all that uh, all the support. Have a great week.